Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Ew. Ew. Welcome into the Ball Blast podcast. Very spirited today, Michelle. Uh, We're talking about my favorite division. Could it be your own favorite division? I know. I'm such a homer. homer. I'm such a homer. Giant homer. Um, I'm sure you won't let that show at all in today's (laughs) episode. Uh, Welcome into the show, everybody. We are going to be talking about the NFC North today. The NFC. Do you even know your own division? Uh, It is the AFC North. God. AFC the AFC North, <laughs> not the Numsorm. That's the new name for the NFC North. Yeah, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, we are in the thick of training camp. We're actually starting to get some news, which is so refreshing because I feel like every time we played our breaking news segment, there was literally nothing breaking ever. Especially this offseason. There was just very little to go off of because... Players weren't in their facilities like normal, and now they're finally there, and they're still not doing a whole lot, but there's a little bit of news, a little bit of coach speak, yeah. a li- little bit of opt-outs from COVID. They're deciding to sit out the season due to, you know, it could be anything, family concerns, just their own health concerns. So we have a couple of those opt-outs. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Guys, if you don't know where you can find us, I'm Kate. You can find me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Michelle. You can find me at BallBlastum. BallBlastEM. BallBlastEM. Stop that. (laughs) You are too hyper. I am too hyper. Um, We are going to get the show kicked off, but... First, I want to talk about BallBlastFootball.com. If you haven't checked out our site, please do. Got a lot of really good content um, for your draft season. We've got our full projections, our full rankings. Uh, Consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash ballblast. Let's, Let's dive into the news. Let's do it. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, let's kick it off with some opt-out news because there's lots of that coming in. Not as much as I expected. I really thought we'd see some bigger names by now. We're recording this on Wednesday. The opt-out deadline is Thursday, so we have one more day. Thursday at 4 p.m. So by the time you're listening to this, you might know, you know, exactly who's opted out. We have not had too many big names on offense like we've had some tackles some defensive players like how all... rude of you to not call damian williams that's a big I was, name i was going to get into damian williams oh that's... my god the damian williams truthers no, are just you didn't let me get into him i was going to say he was the only big name to really opt out uh massive fantasy implications there with not so much damian williams he was not Meh. someone i was ever going to draft in a million years but that's huge for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the rookie that they drafted with the last pick in the first round. Holy Moses. Like, so within the last week, this news broke last week, he has already climbed his way into like 
top five ADP. He's going very high. That is insane. The only way I consider him in the first round is if I'm playing in a full PPR league. I'm completely comfortable taking him in the first round then. If it's not a full PPR league, I don't know if I... I might just let him go to someone else. Full PPR. Uh, We've got Derrick Henry or CEH. I'm still sticking with Derrick Henry. He's a beast. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I'm still sticking with Derrick Henry. We've seen how good he is. We've seen Derrick Henry be a beast and have to share time with Deion Lewis. Yeah. I mean, coaches just aren't always smart. And I believe in Andy Reid, and I believe he'll do the right thing, and he normally gets his players involved pretty quickly. So we'll see. And also, like, don't underestimate, like... The fact that I like I know CEH should see all of the passing work, but I I'm sure Darwin Thompson is going to get involved this year. I know he was the hotness last season. I like Darwin Thompson. He's okay, and I think DeAndre Washington will see um, DeAndre Washington will see more targets than we're planning on as well. But I still think Clyde Edwards Hiller is going to be heavily involved in that offense he's going to see many scoring opportunities like Damian Williams last year all he had to do was fall into the end zone an inch almost on all of his touchdowns I believe Clyde Edwards Hilaire can do that as well I yeah I, I really just fall, really just truly fall into so. the end zone you'll be okay so that was our biggest opt-out so far we'll see what happens on the last day and then we had Marquise Goodwin from Philly the Eagles opt-out super interesting though because Again, who the hell are they going to throw the ball to? Yeah, we'll see how fast we'll see how fast the rookie can come along. They do say that rookie Jalen Rager is like being trained in multiple wide receiver positions, so um, not just playing on the outside. They're getting him all over the field, which is which is good for fantasy if you can find more ways to get him involved. That's awesome. He's going to have to come along really, really fast. He was one of the guys I thought needed a bit more time to get used to the NFL, but can be great. Once he gets that experience, he's going to have to be used immediately. So we'll see how fast he can come along. They still have J.J. Arcega Whiteside. Arcega. I said that. I feel like I did a good job saying that. No? Oh, I like I the more. I like the thicker. Apparently he was hurt all last year. He had to even be helped to go to the bathroom or whatever. The reports came out. Maybe he takes Still a Still not forward. sure about yeah. that one. Deshaun I'd... Jackson could stay healthy for maybe a game. He's the man. <laughs> Elshon Jeffrey, who knows. We'll see what goes on there. I think it's going to be the Ertz show, the Goddard show, the Sanders show. I'm very excited about Dallas Goddard. So I just did a write-up on Yahoo ADP last week, and Goddard was the tight end 21. Tight end 20. No, I'm not kidding. Tight end 21. That's stupid. That's stupid. Guys, stupid. <laughs> stupid. Don't be stupid. And then a couple other opt-outs that are really not even worth mentioning on a fantasy football podcast, but Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns, both for the Miami Dolphins. I really thought this was the year for Alan Hearns. Yeah. I remember his one great year. I mean, that was really something special with Blake Bortles 
and Alan Hearns. He was playing in Florida. He was going in like the third round in redraft leagues the year after that. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. But anyways, it's good for them to opt out. I hope they're safe. I hope their family's healthy. We're just making fun of them in fantasy. The most surprising news is Travis Benjamin, who I did not know was on an NFL team, is opting out. Yeah, for San Fran. Currently playing for San Fran. So all these teams had these opt-outs where you think, okay, well, that doesn't matter at all, but it might matter for the actual team, right? So Goodwin, uh, the Eagles have no one to pass to. Wilson and Hearns, I mean, the, they already didn't the have Dolphins anybody to pass to. had Parker, and then we'll see if Preston Williams can be ready to go, but that's about it. And then San Fran's really running thin on wide receivers. They could have used a vet like Travis Benjamin, so... I think it can matter a little bit more for the team than it does for fantasy. But that's about it for the opt-outs. I mean, surprisingly, there's been some bigger names elsewhere that won't affect fantasy football too much, but... Uh, Like the entire Patriots defense? Yeah, a lot of the Patriots are opting out. Maybe, like, uh, Cam Newton, QB1. Gonna have to throw that ball. All the time? All the time. Um, We had Matthew Stafford and uh, Gardner Minshew on the COVID-19 list uh, Stafford had a false positive. It, Gardner Minshew also off the list. So both of these guys are good to go. Um, Jordan Reed making a comeback. Signs a one-year contract with the 49ers. Watch out, George Kittle. Yeah. George. <laughs> People think you're serious when you say that. So you I'm have not to watch serious. Out. Okay, uh, but you don't. You can't take most of what I say seriously. And I feel like it's a liability for you to take the things I say seriously. Do not put that on me. Do not now, put it on me. I do think Jordan Reed, if he can somehow, some way, stay healthy for about five seconds, he could be somewhat involved in the offense just because they don't have Debo for the first few weeks. I mean, are you going to give all of the targets to Brandon Ayuk? Or are you going to I'm give, gonna give them all to yeah. George Kittle? Are you going to pass 35 times a game and give them all to George Kittle? Like, you got to figure out other people to pass to or to get out there. So I do think Jordan Reed could be used in the slot. Well, hopefully they're creative with him. I mean, why else sign him if not? But also, you have to be so careful with Jordan Reed. Like, for it, literally one more hit to the head and Jordan he's Reed out of the NFL. Jordan Reed needs to be caref- careful with Jordan Reed. Like, I'm Jordan, no, it, I just honestly, I'm shocked that he's even making an attempt to come back to the NFL because... I genuinely think that, like, one more hit to the head and he is absolutely done. And, you know, we, we've already seen what uh, happens with these long-term brain injuries. I I definitely worry about Jordan Reed. But if he can stay healthy, it's not someone I'm going to target in fantasy football. But if he stays healthy and he's getting targets, someone we can keep an eye out to stream from week to week during good matchups when possibly... The team could be using both Kittle and Reed often in the offense, but this does not bring down George Kittle at all for me. I remember the good old days where the fantasy footballers referred to him as Rule 86. Yeah. God. The Rule 86 was when 86, which is Jordan Reed, is on the field, you play him. You play him in your starting lineup because he was so good. Let's see if Jordan Reed can get back to his peak form. And the, the caveat when he played had to be there because oh, yeah. he didn't, he just hasn't played. Uh, we all, we have Sony Michelle speaking of people that haven't played or shouldn't be playing. Uh, Sony Michelle placed on the uh, pup list, still recovering from foot surgery, which he had in May. Um, do you think he like intentionally broke his foot 
so that he could be like, oh, my foot. You're being very mean <laughs> to players. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sony Michelle, I mean, don't say he doesn't deserve to play. He was not very good last he year. He was not very good last year. Maybe with a mobile quarterback now. It's going mm-hmm. to open up some rushing lanes, and he'll be a little bit better. But it's concerning. He's still recovering from foot surgery in May. Now, this is something that, A, a lot of us didn't even know happened, that he had surgery. And then all of a sudden, it was like, yeah, he's still not okay. Like, we thought he was going to be fine. It's a much slower process. I mean, there's there's Damian Harris, who they drafted in the third last year, just sitting there. That, I think, is the bigger piece of news here. It, I feel like Damian Harris is still somebody that I'm not even hearing about in Dynasty Leagues, which is... Create like you need to handcuff your guys. I haven't heard a lot of buzz about like James White, which I'm so surprised about. I like I, I feel like we need to be paying more attention to the other running backs yeah. in this backfield. The issue with this backfield is just because Sony Michelle is out, it doesn't mean there's going to be another one that's productive. I mean Sony Michelle had the starting role all last year and nobody wanted to play him. I think I think James White is a surefire bet. I was not high on James White last year. But now that his ADP has fallen to a reasonable yeah. range, you've well, got Cam Newton at quarterback, who who's so used to throwing to Christian McCaffrey, who obviously has the same exact skill set as James White. Um, again, you sarcasm. have to say you're sarcastic. <laughs> you don't understand how many people don't understand sarcasm. I did like why? Okay. Anyway, moving on. I I think the guy to target um, last round of drafts James if you want White. to. I mean, James White is a fine pick later on. He's going late enough. I think he might get enough targets. But I think Damon Harris is a fine late-round dart throw just to see if he gets the work. We'll see what happens. Anthony Lynn, the coach of the Chargers, said Tyrod Taylor will probably be our day one starter. Like, why is he saying it like that? Probably be our day one starter? You just came out a month ago and said, you expect Tyrod Taylor to be the future of the Chargers. <laughs> He's so good. You love him. Uh, like, probably. Why is he probably. probably your day one starter? How did it go from he's your future, you love him, you trust him, Tyrod Taylor's the man of this offense this entire year to probably our day one starter? I'm going to guess Tyrod Taylor reported to camp and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, never mind. Well, he said that Justin Herbert can come along quickly, even though we're going through a lot of different, you know, a lot of differences with this offseason with COVID. But he said that he's confident that Justin Herbert can come along quickly. And he said Tyrod Taylor is probably still the day one starter. He's praying that that, Justin Herbert comes along quickly. That says to me, though, yeah, he's our day one starter, but within a couple games, once Herbert comes along in practice, he's going to be our starter. By day one, does Anthony Lynn mean the first day of the NFL season? I don't know. Like, Like game one, that Thursday, he is the starter as of that Thursday, but starting Friday, it is Justin Herbert. Maybe that's what he means. You're doing dad jokes now. All right, LaShawn McCoy signed by the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I feel like we have a lot to say about this, but Mm. a lot of people disagree. So people don't, you know, Ronald Jones fans are out there. They're out there strong. And they don't agree that LaShawn McCoy hurts Ronald Jones whatsoever. I disagree. I think we had Keyshawn Vaughn there, who was a rookie, who maybe was struggling a little bit to get caught up to everything, and he may have not saw much playing time. We know McCoy's going to see snaps. He's going to see touches. He's going to be trusted as the pass protector for Tom Brady. He's going to be the third down back. And we don't 
we didn't know that with Vaughn. So we know now this hurts Ronald Jones somewhat. Well, and the, the thing we have to remember, like, LaShawn McCoy was not fantasy relevant in Kansas City last season, but he was annoying enough to impact the fantasy value of the other guys on the roster. And I think people forget the beginning of the whole first half of the season, he was very fantasy relevant. People were playing LaShawn McCoy. He was averaging five yards per carry. He was getting like 12 carries a game. He was getting a couple touchdowns, a couple targets. Like, he was okay. And then all of a sudden, Andy Reid stopped playing him, and that's who knows what happened there. He may have got banged up. He may have worn down. But he was averaging five yards a carry for the first half of the season. I think McCoy sees more time than people are willing to admit. Now, Bruce Arians did come out today and said, Ronald Jones is our guy. He's our main guy. He's looking great this year. He, yeah. like The other guys are playing for a role behind him. Arians was very specific about that. He did say a lot of the same things last offseason. He said a lot of the same things throughout the season, and it never came true. If you haven't checked out Michelle's Twitter, she actually has a really beautiful collage that she made of all of the the coach speak. All of Arians loving up on Ronald Jones, (laughs) and then he couldn't beat out Peyton Barber enough to be a workhorse. Like, he still had a split time with him. That's what gets me. That is what gets me. It makes me uncomfortable. Let's say Ronald Jones made a magical jump from year two to year three, and he's just amazing now. I did read a nice article uh, about Ronald Jones and the progress he's made this offseason. Again, these are all the articles that we read. Everybody makes progress every offseason. I don't know if you know that. But they say Ronald Jones has put on some muscle, He's worked it on his pass protection a lot more, which is But has if been... it's so true that Ronald Jones got so much better, then why bring in LaShawn McCoy? Because last year, you went into the season with Ronald Jones, who apparently was worse. I mean, is that's what everyone's saying. He got better this year. Peyton Barber and Dare. That's the three you went into the season with, and you were okay oh with that. Oh my God, Dare. Now, this year, you're going. you were going into the season with... A much better Ronald Jones is what you're saying. A guy that you really, really trust. So, okay. You drafted a running back in the third round, Keyshawn Vaughn. He could not be worse than Peyton Barber. And then you still have Dare. So what's the difference from your, like, two years if Ronald Jones got that much better? Like, you're, you're, you're telling me by this signing that maybe you don't trust yourself that much. Maybe we need a vet on a team. Maybe we need an actual good pass protector that we can trust. Last year... I did uh, running backs that allowed the most pressures based on how many times they were asked to stay in for pass protection. Okay. For anyone that was asked to stay in for pass protection more than 50 times on the season, or actually more than 30 times on the season, because Ronald Jones was at 49, Ronald Jones gave up the fourth most pressures percent-wise. Okay. He gave up pressure to the quarterback 17% of the time. Whoops. That was the fourth most. And before you say it's all Winston's fault, Dare only gave up pressure on 9% of his uh, pass protections. Dare. And Dare had to pass protect like 30 more times in the season. They asked Dare to do it. They didn't trust Ronald Jones. Whoops. I don't know what's the difference this year, except for LaShawn McCoy is already buddy-buddy with Tom Brady. You see all the pictures. You see the videos. Tom Brady's already in love with him. <laughs> and he's... Like, the thing that's missing from today, everyone's reading one half of the quote from Arian saying he's our main guy, Ronald Jones. They're missing the second part of the quote, which says LaShawn McCoy will be involved in passing work. Okay, well, 
I, I mean, maybe if you play in standard leagues, Ronald Jones is okay, but I still think he's going to get goal line work taken away from him. But if you play in PPR leagues, good luck. Like, Ronald Jones is going to get 70 <laughs> yards on the ground, maybe, and you're going to need that touchdown. Because if he's not getting the targets and the receiving work, I mean, it's not going to be fun to play him. No. No, not at all. Uh, before we get into the AFC North, the absence, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's time to talk a little bit about FanDraft. FanDraft is the best online fantasy football draft board. No more stickers. No more No more gross, uh, like, in the stickers, Michelle, they, they come and you have to sort through all the names, all of the names. Oh, my goodness. All of the garbage names, like Dwayne Washington. But it takes so long. It's always like every single time I go through the names, I always somehow am on, you know, the last paper. Like I'm going through all the papers. Like I put the them in alphabetical the order every single time. They get the, messed up. The name is always on the last sheet of paper. And, you know, it's it's annoying for me because when people are going up to, to put up their draft picks... I don't want to watch them fumble with a piece of paper. <laughs> I want I want to see them. I want to see their pick. I need yeah. to know. So, you know, just take all of these stickers out of the mix. Let's talk about FanDraft. So it's literally your your sticker board, but it's online. It's amazing. But you make, can still make it fun. So you have a walk-up song. Yes. So it's not like you just pick someone and it's like over. Like, you can still make it so much fun for your group where it's super enjoyable and super suspenseful. You have a walk-up song. I decided my walk-up song. What? God's Plan by Drake. Okay. I did not think about mine. I'll give it next week. Okay, yeah. So that'll be our our tune-in for next week. Um, But yeah, walk-up songs. You can have multiple draft board displays. You get a live draft clock. Like, it literally feels like you're in the NFL draft. It's so awesome. You can use it offline, online for you know, like wherever you're having your draft, COVID style, non-COVID style. And even if it's COVID style in your home, right? And you're you're being safe in your home and you have some people over. Socially distanced with masks. But you just want to take that extra step of being safe. At least you're not all touching the same stickers. You're doing it on your computer, on your phone. It sounds like a blast. I want my own walk-up song. Like, let's go. We will be using this in our drafts and I cannot wait. I absolutely love it. And you know what? So the best thing is they support like all kinds of drafts, IDP, rookie only, keepers. You can like customize everything and sign up. You get a free trial at FanDraft.com. You get to like sort of do a a practice session for two rounds. When you're ready to upgrade your promo account, we've got a promo code for you, BALLBLAST15. You get 15% off your purchase. Again, that's FanDraft.com using the promo code. Ball Blast 15, get 15% off the best draft board around. I'm sorry I got a little aggressive there. You did. You got very excited. <laughs> I am very passionate about my fantasy football drafts. Do not question me. Now let's get into the NFC North. Okay, Kate. AFC Answer. North. Oh my God. Why can't I... I don't know. It's like this is our division. Like so I know you issue, know your divisions. This is not her. This is not the like, her issue. Knowledge. Is that I have I, I accidentally keep pulling up the NFC North show document, and I'm I'm on autopilot. Okay. Well, we're talking about the AFC North today, and that includes <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens, the winners of the AFC North last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers, whoop whoop, our babies, Cleveland Browns. Or we like them. Yeah. And the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. We'll see what happens. 
that's a that's a great great way to describe no, the Bengals. No. We're going to do this podcast a little bit differently today. So we've been going through like league winner. We've been picking like one candidate for league winner, bust, value sleeper. We're going to still go through that. But like we love talking about all of these guys. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, tight ends, decide which category these guys fit in. Yeah, we'll talk about each player and just put them into a category. So, you know, are they a league winner? Are they a bust? Are they a value? Are they a sleeper? And then I kind of added another one just for fun, not draftable or uh, redraft. So instead of just naming one league winner each, we'll kind of go through and, and tell you which category we think these players would fall into for this season. There was a lot of guys like right on the bubble uh, in this division, like not too many like truly elite fantasy assets. They but all guys, have question I, marks. Literally, there are so many guys in this division where I feel like they could pose some really nice like mid-range yeah. value that maybe they have some of that upside. You don't like I I feel like there's a lot of potential in there's this. There's a division. lot of players in this division that can be elite assets, but I think there's only one right now that I would consider an elite fantasy option in this entire division, and that's let's start off with our quarterbacks. That is Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Pretty obvious. He was by oh, far I am shocked. The quarterback won last season. He is fantastic. Tell me, is he is he a league winner or a bust? Like, yeah. Oh, for sure, a bust. He's a league um, winner. He's a league winner, and I think you know all of us are projecting Lamar Jackson for some regression, right? Like, he can't continue to be this efficient. It's not, it's not possible. Nine percent touchdown rate. Yeah. I like. I'm not buying into the fact that he is going to continue with that interception to touchdown ratio. I just don't. I can't buy into that, but. Even when I statted him out with lots of regression mm-hmm. and, and all of the categories, he was still my quarterback two. See, he's still my quarterback one, but Mahomes is very, very, very close to him. Now, what I will say is we're calling him a league winner right now, but last year he was a league winner because he was going in the 11th, 12th round. Yes. This year he's going in the second, third round. So for him to actually be a league winner, he kind of needs to do what he did last year, or at least close to it. And I personally think he can repeat it because of that. If it was all because of his arm, I might say no. But because of his rushing ability, I'm going to say okay. And I do think he might pass more this year. So yes, that touchdown percentage is probably most likely going to come down because that was insane with his 9% touchdown rate that he had. Normally, quarterbacks are around 6 but I do think his rushing ability and the defense is not knowing how to stop that. It does give him wide open uh, receivers. So yeah. he's going to have a better touchdown rate than most quarterbacks as long as he keeps, you know, keeps growing, keeps staying efficient. Um, so I do think he can be great this year. I personally am not drafting any quarterback in the second or third round. I'm going to take the shot on someone else late and, you know, grab a running back in the second wide receiver, something like that. But I, I'm not I'm not mad at someone if they want to take Lamar. You wouldn't take it that personally? No, I wouldn't take it that personally. <laughs> That's good. How about, so we've got Ben Roethlisberger returning from an elbow injury. Um, he looks really good. Like I, So I have been saying uh, for the last couple of weeks, he looks really 
trim. Like he, he did looks say skinny. this is the lightest he's been in 13 years. That's crazy. Now take that for what it is, because a lot of players are always their their best fit they've ever been in their life. No, but he season. actually looks it. Like yeah, Big Ben is a chunky monkey. We can call him what he is. I swear, he just shaved off the beard. And he lost a hundred pounds. That's amazing. I did. I just got a haircut, guys. <laughs> And I swear to God, I lost 40 pounds. It feels amazing. What would you call Ben Roethlisberger in these groups? We got league winner, bust, value, or sleeper, or not draftable? I'm not going to call him a sleeper because he's Big He's big Ben. Yeah. Like, we know who Big Ben is, but I think he's a major value. Mm-hmm. Uh, going undrafted, you know, in, in current ADP. And the last time we actually saw this guy play, he was the quarterback three. Yeah. Um, you know, he still is coming back to the field with... Same offensive coordinator. He does get a new quarterbacks coach, but this quarterbacks coach has never been a NFL coach before. So he literally said, "Like, yeah, I'm taking tips from Ben Roethlisberger." What, what do you think me, Ben's? What yeah. do you think Ben's tips are going to be? Give me the ball. What scares me with that, as a Steelers fan, is a a lot. So the last time we saw Ben Roethlisberger, he passed 675 times, which was by far the most in the that's league. That's not gonna happen. That's insane, and that's going to go down because our defense is so good. It better go down. The thing is, I don't know how far it's going to go down because if I mean, I guess the OC is still the chain, still the same. But I'm scared Ben's going to be like, let me throw every down because that's what he wants to do. Yeah. Well, I think the the thing that I could see holding Ben back in terms of passing attempts is just maybe his health. Like, maybe they don't want him to, like, maybe they limit him just because of the fact that this wasn't an elbow injury in his throwing arm. Do you want to push it? Because it it was a pretty bad injury. I think I saw there was, like, damage to three ligaments. One was, was, like, off the bone. It was literally, it was a brutal injury. And, you know, that's the biggest thing when it comes to Big Ben. How healthy is he? He's looking very healthy right now. But, like, how long does that hold up? If it holds up for the year, he's a very good value. Now, when you said he, he was a quarterback three last time he played... He's he, not going to be. Yeah, he doesn't have Antonio Brown, no, and that does matter. I mean, I think Deontay Johnson's a great talent, and I think he's a little mini-me, A-B. But let's give that a couple more years. Mini-me, A-B. Yeah, mini-me, A-B. Let's give that a couple more years. I think the defense is so much better than it was in 2018 when he was a quarterback three. So, But I still think he can be a the top ten quarterback pretty easily. I'm going to call him a value. I like him late. The issue is he has no rushing upside, and I really want a rushing quarterback in fantasy. That's just really what I'm held up on. Next up, Baker Mayfield. He let a lot of people down last year. People were very excited about him in fantasy. He had OBJ. He was going to be the next great fantasy quarterback. Are you drafting him this year? I'll draft him in a two-quarterback league or a super flex league. I'm not super excited about him. I do think that he is bound to have some uh, some progression this season. I think, you know, I'm obviously a big believer in OBJ. I think that, you know, we saw a, a statistical outlier in 2019. That offense was garbage. Freddie Kitchens is garbage. Yeah. Garbage. It was I mean, pretty. <laughs> Baker Mayfield started three more games and threw five less touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah. Seven more interceptions. Yikes. Holy it, Moses. So when we bring up that touch per, touchdown percentage was really high for Lamar Jackson, it was over nine. Baker Mayfield's was really low at four, 4.1%. So that should come up a Interception bit. rate was he high. 21 at inter, 
He had 21 interceptions last year. Yeah. That's wild. Now, I do expect uh, passing attempts to be stay low, like kind of where it was last year. He only had 530 attempts. I could see that actually going down with Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I, I think they run the ball a lot. I do think Baker Mayfield looks much better on the field this year. I think he makes a lot of plays. I think he's efficient. I think that line will make him a lot more confident. And... I'm still not drafting him for fantasy because, like I just said, I really want a guy that can run the ball. Like, I I want a rushing quarterback, at least a rushing ability where you can get 200, 300 yards on the ground. Well, and he doesn't even show that tendency. 28 attempts last season, 39 attempts in his rookie season. I I just, I don't see that, that rushing floor giving him that safety blanket. I liken him to literally Kirk Cousins. Like, I... No, I, he's not as talented as Kirk Cousins at this point in his NFL career. I think he can be, though. I think he absolutely can be. But Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. And I think that with the the addition of Kevin Stefanski, if you're able to really tap into the run game, you can become a very efficient passer. Mm-hmm. And it's just because of the, you know, the open lanes you create down the field. Yeah, and I think he's going to get his players open, be more creative with that. And now if... I keep bringing up rushing ability for quarterbacks. If I'm going to take a quarterback that's just a pocket passer, you're not going to get any points from rushing yards. I want a guy that can throw for 5,000 yards, that can throw for 35, 40 touchdowns, and I don't see that in the range for Baker. As much as we love him, before people get mad, our dog is named Baker after Baker Mayfield. I know. Can you not wake up the dog? We love him. He is we finally love, asleep. We love Baker Mayfield. It doesn't mean we have to love him for fantasy. I don't love him for fantasy. Just FYI, our dog does keep staring up every time we keep yeah. saying his name. And it gets so very obnoxious. I think I'm we really... should move on yeah. to, to our final team so that we do not disturb him any further. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Exciting rookie. Number one pick, baby. Uh, I, I love him as a talent. I think he's going to be really great in the NFL. I'm probably not going to be ballsy enough to draft him in redraft. But he's got so much swag. Yeah, I know he does. And maybe in a normal offseason, I get crazy and I draft him. It's just he's really had no time this year. Nope. And he would really have to prove us wrong. Like, not prove us wrong, but he'd really have to, like, come out and kill it He's going to come out onto the field and say, this is for you, Kate and Michelle. I mean, we love him. I, he's our quarterback one in this year's draft by far. People really love Tua. We love Joe Burrow. We think he's going to be amazing in the league. But this year, I, yeah. I can't see it. I can't see it for fantasy. Maybe he has some really good games. I don't know. You can't start I, him every I week. don't think you can start him. So like We let's... have to remember, too, he has to play the AFC North. So you're going to have it two four elite division or two elite defenses that yeah. you're facing. With four this. games with Ugh. Baltimore Ugh. and Pittsburgh. No, thank you. That's no fun. Yikes. Yeah. But also, um, I mean, when we just look back at history, rookie quarterbacks just don't throw for over 4,000 yards often. It's like Andrew Luck and Jameis Winston. And that's like it. And then Baker Mayfield still holds the leading Touchdown thrower for a rookie. 27, 27 touchdowns. touchdowns is That's still not that many. The record. That is insane to me that 27 can be the record. So Joe Burrow would have to blow us out of the water, beat all these records. I don't see it. I think that's actually a good segue. So I want to talk about Joe Mixon because I think he's, uh, he, you know, obviously for anybody who's listening to this podcast, 
they know, Michelle, you do not like Joe Mixon. You are not a fix. You're not. You're not, you're not, you're not, not a fixin'? fan. Of, you're not a fan of Mixon. You don't need yourself a fixin' of Mixon. I was going to say I'm not fixin' from Mixon. Oh, you're not. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. Not fixin okay. From okay. I mean, I've talked about this so much, and I don't even know if I've talked about it actually on our podcast that much because I'm on so many guest podcasts, and they're always asking me about Joe Mixon because they know I don't love him for fantasy. I want to be clear right now. If I have to put him into one of these categories, I don't know where to put him because yeah. I I don't think he's like when I say bust, I don't think he's going to bust. Like I don't think he's going to be a running back 20 or lower. I just he's going as a running back 6 or 7 right now and I see him more as like a running back 13 to 15. I think he's safe. I think he's solid. And I don't think he has that ceiling of a running back six or seven, and that's where he's going. I would say his ceiling is running back ten. I don't like. I don't like where he's being drafted. I I don't like that price tag. That is not what makes me comfortable for Joe Mixon. But when I think about the fact that he is paired with a rookie quarterback, I kind of like that. When I went back into the research looked at the quarterbacks who have started at least 14 or more games in their rookie season, which we project Joe Burrow to do. Really, the only fantasy, uh, like, sustainable players on these teams were the running backs. The lead running back on each of those teams that that featured those uh, quarterbacks that played at least 14 games averaged 279 touches for 1,300 yards and almost eight touchdowns. That's great. That is great, but the thing is what you just started there was touches, right? They averaged 280 touches. Like, Mixon had that last year. He has that. He's already done it twice. He's already had 280 touches. He's already, or Mm. sorry, 280 carries. He's already had 300 plus touches two years in a row. Oh, Right? And yes, maybe he can put up 1,200 yards on the ground. That's great. I don't know how many scoring opportunities there's going to be. And the biggest thing, if you're playing in PPR leagues, is he doesn't get targeted. And they're not going to target him last year when they were absolutely desperate for pass catchers. They had Tyler Boyd, no tight end, and Auden Tate. Like, they had no one else to pass John to. Ross is a hero. John Ross was hurt within, like, five seconds. <laughs> and they still wouldn't use Joe Mixon in the passing game. Why all of a sudden, now that they have A.J. Green back, they drafted T. Higgins with the first pick in the second round, they still have Tyler Boyd, they still have all of the other random guys they had last year that kind of stepped up, they still have John Ross, why now? They're like, oh, you know what, Joe Mixon, let me get you involved now. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I know Joe Mixon can do it, guys. Like I'm, I know he's very talented. You don't have to tell me that. Like, I know coming out of school he's very talented. I know he's a talented back. He doesn't work in that system. It, I mean, that line I understand is bad, but they also just don't target him. So I'm going to go with any other running back going around him. Fun fact, uh, Joe Mixon has uh, managed 287 receiving yards twice. Ooh. In his three-year career. Yeah. Fun fact. And he just doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, and that's based on the offense. I, If you want to trust a rookie quarterback to create all of these more scoring opportunities nope, when don't. you have to face pretty hard defenses. Like, I'm looking up the Bengals' schedule right now for 2020. So they have the Chargers. Pretty hard defense. I mean, I guess they allowed some rushing yards last year. They have the Browns. I think they could be sneaky good. Uh, Jaguars, okay, they stink now. They have the Ravens. They have the Colts. 
Colts, good defense. They have the, the Titans, Colts. a good defense. They have the Steelers, a good defense. They have some easier games, but then the Steelers, again, one good thing is we keep bringing up that they have to play the Steelers twice and the Ravens twice. Well, their second Ravens game is week 17. So as long as you don't play in a terrible league that plays in week 17, you're good to go with the, the second Ravens game. And if you do, just quit the league. Yeah, for sure. Boom. Boom. Problem solved. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the other Orange, Ohio, and team. Uh, we've got two running backs in this backfield with the Browns, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So interesting, interesting dynamic here. So last season when we saw Hunt return from his uh, eight-game suspension, Nick Chubb really embraced the role of like the stereotypical rusher, and Kareem Hunt got – the receiving work. So Nick Chubb is still being drafted as like a top tier running back. How do you view these two and how do you think they'll uh, finish out in the season? Listen, I still have Nick Chubb ranked pretty high and maybe I'm being, so I just brought up, right, that the Bengals have to face the Ravens and the Steelers twice. I do think Nick Chubb is a good enough talent to beat that. It still sucks that he has to face them twice. So that is an issue that we have to consider. But I think Nick Chubb is such a special talent. And even though he might not see the targets that we want because Kareem Hunt's there. I just thought you were about to say, even though he may not see it within himself. (laughs) (laughs) No. I know. I I was like, is this like, when did you become a motivational speaker? (laughs) I love it. I know, but I do think that Nick Chubb will see 300 plus carries this year. I have him at 310. That's spicy. He is uber efficient because he gets so many yards after contact. It's so hard to tackle him. He's a monster. So I have him with 1500 rushing yards. I have him with 12 touchdowns and only 32 targets. So I don't have him targeted much. I have those going to Kareem Hunt. I still have Kareem Hunt with 170 carries. Like I keep saying this whole offseason, I expect this team to be run, 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 pass, pass maybe, run, 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 run. It's very hard to say that too many times. I I just think they're going to focus on the run game. I think both of these running backs, Chubb and Hunt, can be values. I, I don't think one has to be a bust and one has to be great. I think they can both be values where they are. Chubb's still going a bit too high, I guess. He's going, what, early second? He's Yeah, and he's going at There's a position. other running backs I like around him. Yeah, and, and they're, they're players that aren't necessarily competing with Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So the, the interesting thing about Kareem Hunt for me is that he is being drafted later, and if you're looking at, like, the potential, we've already seen his upside. We already know he is a true RB1. Like, that's not a question. Um, we know he's a capable receiver, And not even obviously. just RB1, like the RB1. No, like literally the RB1. And if something happens to Nick Chubb, holy Moses, you just got but pretty much the he- RB1 at the price of RB29. Yeah, no, definitely Kareem Hunt offers more upside. He's probably more of a value. And he can be a league winner if Chubb were to go down. I think both of these guys can be great for fantasy even together. But I think if either one got hurt or had a missed time, Chubb was a running back three until Kareem Hunt came. 
So he has that same upside. It's just a matter of how much will they hurt each other. And if we were going into this year with Freddie Kitchen still there, that same offense, I would say no. Like I, like I maybe would go with Hunt, and that's about Hail it. Hail to the yeah. no. But like I'm really leaning on this Kevin Stefanski thing. I really think they're going to run so much that both can be great for fantasy. And God forbid one of these guys get hurt or you know come in contact with COVID and have to sit out a couple of games. They're going to be amazing. Yeah, watch out. Okay, and uh, moving on to our favorite guy, my favorite guy. Mark Ingram? (laughs) James Conner. I'm putting him in as a league winner. It's all going to come down to health. We've talked about him a lot. Anytime he's on the field, he produces for fantasy. He sees a ton of targets. Like, if he's healthy for a full 16 games, he's going to have 80-plus targets. Ben loves to check down. The same, I don't even know if it's so much Ben, but the Steelers system loves to use their running backs in the passing game. And that might only be sort of emphasized when we think about the fact that Roethlisberger has a, he's coming off an elbow injury. So maybe, maybe they don't want him to push the ball down the field. Maybe they want him to use this, this scheme where we, we see that heavy running back usage. Connor's averaged 20 PPR points per game in his 15 games with Ben Roethlisberger. That's pretty insane. That's, like, that's a lot. It's because he gets so many targets. So in 2018, when we have to realize that A.B. and Juju were there, like, the targets were going to them. They both had over 150 targets as well. Connor was the third target there. He had he had 71 targets, and he only played 13 games. Now, that's the big thing. He's the only played. We have to keep saying that because he misses so many games. But 71 targets... In 13 games, easily was going to get over that 80 target mark. Last year, he had 38 targets. He really only played in eight games. So that's, again, 76 target uh, that he was on pace for. And that was with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, where they were barely moving the ball. They were barely on the field as an offense. And again, he had seven touchdowns last year in eight games all he does is score touchdowns when he's on the field the year before that he had 13 touchdowns in 13 games I think the Steelers are going to have plenty of scoring opportunities there's no one in that offense that's going to threaten him for a goal line back no he's proven like even when his shoulder was all but falling off he could make it into the end zone in games where he played at least 50 percent of offensive snaps he was the RB8 with an average of, of 60 yards. Uh, 4.2 targets a game, almost a touchdown per game, 14 fantasy points per game, which actually just ranked behind Josh Jacobs and just ahead of Joe Mixon. No, he had 14 fantasy points per game, including 10 games when he didn't even play two of those games. He was actually averaging 17 and a half fantasy points per game in the eight games he actually played. Because that those 10 games include an 18% offensive snaps because he got hurt in 13%, which still hurt you because you played him. But still, like when you only count the eight games and what he did in those eight games that he actually played, he averaged 17 points per game. That was a top 10 running back. All he does is produce when he's on the field. So if he stays healthy, he's a league winner. And if you don't want to trust him to stay healthy, I can't blame you because all he's done is shown us that he can't. But now it's it's baked into his his yeah, price exactly. at his ADP. Last season, you drafted him as an RB1. Now you're drafting him as, like, your second running back or your third running back, depending on how heavy you're going. Yeah. He's I, going as usually, like, the third running back on your team. If 
I mean, I guess he could be the second, depending on. But he's depending going on your drafting fourth strategy. Round. Yeah. So, and McFarlane, you taking a shot on him? Benny Snell? No. No. No, thank you. All right, let's move on to the last backfield, and that's the Ravens. They have Mark Ingram, who was fantastic last year, uber efficient on the ground, averaging over five yards a carry and 200-plus carries, and then, uh, you know, scoring a ton of touchdowns because he had all those opportunities and the lanes were just wide open for him. Wide open. That's what Lamar Jackson does for his running backs, and nothing to say about Mark Ingram. He's a very talented back. And now you add in J.K. Dobbins, one of our favorite rookies coming out. Who is the most fantasy relevant here? Who are you going to put in what bucket? It's Mark Ingram for me. I I just think, you know, I I see Dobbins as a guy that they drafted because they're planning for the future. Mark Ingram's 30. But I don't think they drafted him because Mark Ingram is slowing down. I just think he's going to... Do you really picture him in Baltimore in 2021? I don't. No, because they took J.K. Dobbins. I think they... I, and just his contract situation. Yeah, his it contract. makes sense to, to cut him for the or trade him for the 2021 season. They can save a lot of money by cutting him or yeah. trading him in 2021. And if you see efficiency from Dobbins, if you continue to have efficiency with Lamar Jackson, I, I think that makes sense. And I think, honestly, you could put, like me in it running back in the offense (laughs) and I would look fantastic but Mark Engram he's absolutely awesome and I think we're so like forgetting how amazing he was and how consistent he has been over the last couple of years it's I mean he does have receiving upside he he like dude is good so, and he's especially good in this offense and I, I think this is a great offense for him Lamar and him have a great connection now, I'm going to say Ingram's a value. I'm not going to give him that league winner status. I think he's just a value. I still think he stays around that 200 carries. He doesn't see a ton of targets. Possibly his touchdowns could come down. So I really don't think he's like a top 10 running back. But I still think he's, he's a value where he's going. He's going a bit later at like the running back 25 or so, which is way too late for him. And I think people are scared because J.K. Dobbins. I'm not scared of J.K. Dobbins this year for Mark Ingram. So I'm going to put J.K. Dobbins in that bust bucket if we have to label him. And it's not to say he's a bust with performance. I think he's just a bust in fantasy. He's still being drafted in like the sixth, seventh round of redraft. I just think that's way too high. Way too high. He should be considered a backup. He should be considered that handcuff for Mark Ingram if he goes down. If something happens to Ingram, J.K. Dobbins... Ingram's 30 years old. J.K. Dobbins will be amazing. Amazing when he gets the shot. I think he's going to be just as efficient, just as great. I just think he's going to have to wait his turn. Greg Roman has a lot of history with drafting him, his team, drafting second-round running backs and not using them in their rookie year. So we have in San Fran, they drafted two separate second-round running backs when Frank Gore was there. And Frank Gore was getting pretty old during both of these times and you had the Michael James never get any playing time because Frank Gore just stayed there forever and then the second running back to get drafted in the second round was Carlos Hyde he didn't see much work at all until Frank Gore left and until Greg Roman left that next year and if we're going to talk about capital right they're still paying Mark Ingram a hell of a lot more than they're paying J.K. Dobbins this year Mark Ingram's going to be the guy I still think J.K. Dobbins could get in like 100 or so touches, but I'm going with Ingram. You're going with Ingram. All right, should we move on to the wide receivers? 
let's do it. There's like a whole slew of wide receivers here that I feel like, I think there's one elite guy. You do not. Uh, Who's your elite guy? Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, good lord. Don't even, don't get me started. If you guys want to hear about my love for Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Michelle and I were recently on the NFL Fantasy Podcast with Marcus Grant. I talked a lot about OBJ because I'm in love with him. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to tap into that water right now. I mean, I can't personally get on board with him this year because I keep bringing up, I think they're going to run, 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 run. That might open things up for OBJ. His efficiency might go up with Baker. I I don't know. OBJ is my league winner. What do we do with Jarvis Landry, who's coming off of hip surgery? Uh, We don't totally know if he's going to be healthy. Can I say OBJ is my best? Like, you didn't let me get that in, but OBJ is my best. OBJ is your league winner. We'll Uh, talk later. Okay. Landry. (laughs) uh, Everything comes down to that hip because there's But we don't know yet. We really haven't heard any news about the hip, and we're getting so close to our drafts. Uh, I don't know what to do with Landry. I'm just staying away because I can't trust the hip. And at the same time, he doesn't really fit into any of these buckets. So if I was like, oh, he, if he's healthy, he's a league winner. Like, no, he's not. He's fine. Like, he'll be fine. He'll he'll score you some points. He'll be decent. He'll be solid. He's a high-end yeah. wide receiver, too. I guess we can call him a value. He's never a bust. He's not a sleeper. That's what I'll say. He's. I feel like he's always a value. He's always a appreciated wide receiver, but he's never somebody that you see go too high where you're like, oh. Yeah. He's I, just, he's Jarvis Landry. He's very talented. He's I like, never going to be on any of my teams because he doesn't excite me. But if you want to draft him, he's going to be fine. In PPR leagues, he's But he's with a this great injury, value. he does scare me. The yep. injury scares me. I think Kareem Hunt could be the wide receiver too on this team if Landry's down. Yes, and I like I will say if I knew that Jarvis Landry was healthy and fully rehabbed, I would call him a value right now. Okay. The thing is he could feel healthy right now and then get into the season and his hip could start getting sore. I'm just worried. He seems like a really tough guy. He seems like a player that's going to play through it. Yeah. I, I think he'll be okay. He's just not someone that excites me. And I think that's the only two wide receivers even worth mentioning with the Browns. Yep. Rashad Higgins is a very solid NFL wide receiver. Never going Do to be. Not even, this is a fantasy football yeah, podcast. Not Get good. Out. He's not going to be uh, good for fantasy. <laughs> Moving on to the next uh, wide receiver group. Let's go with Cincy. There's a lot of options there right now. A.J. Green's trying to make that comeback. He didn't play at all last year. I want none of these. You want none of these? No, thank you. It's going to be hard with a rookie quarterback with any of these wide receivers producing. A.J. Green has a hard time staying on the field. He hasn't played football in a long time. I know. And I'm sure if he's on, he's going to be pretty good. And I think I think we can consider A.J. Green a value. There's no way to call him a bust because he's going in like the seventh round. He has no, but- a high ceiling. Does he have a high ceiling, though? Because he hasn't played in a while. He's older. He's in a system with a rookie. He's never played in this particular offensive system. I mentioned mentioned this research I did before. 16 quarterbacks since 2010 to start 14 or more games. Only 31% of the leading wide receivers for their their teams eclipsed 1,000 receiving yards. Only 31%. That's less than one in three. 
That yeah, is, and there's that just, is like three out of ten. There's just sometimes where a good wide receiver in the past hits that point over the hill and they don't come back, and that might be AJ Green. But if you want to take the shot on it, I don't hate it. Like he does have. I'd rather take a shot on like a Will Fuller. I genuinely think we have a higher chance of seeing his upside. He is in going, 2020. He is, yeah, me too. And they both have injury history. I mean, Michael Gallup's going right there, and I that makes no give sense me that. To me. Yeah, like give me any of these guys that I do think have, um, you know, perhaps a safer floor, and just as much upside right now. I don't like. I don't see AJ Green ceiling as wide receiver one material anymore. Do you? No. I, it yeah. hurts to say. I Like, I'm not happy about it. But same thing goes for Tyler. But I think he's a very good NFL wide receiver. Um, I think, you know, he could definitely have some value, depending on where you draft him, in PPR leagues. Um, I, you know, definitely I, he has that advantage of having the familiarity with the offense. A.J. Green wasn't there last year. T. Higgins is a rookie so Tyler Boyd really had the opportunity to assume the wide receiver one role. He's very consistent. But he's, again, a guy that I just don't see his ceiling being yeah. super high. But his floor is pretty safe. So if you have a lot of guys with high ceilings, like a Will Fuller, I wouldn't mind partnering that with <laughs> like a... Like a Will Fuller. You're, like, really on this I'm Will Fuller train. so on Will Fuller. I, I'm okay with Tyler Boyd. The thing is, he is does not have a ceiling whatsoever we saw him last year as a wide receiver one with nobody else there to target and he ended as a wide receiver 18 people are going to point that out but if you go by points per game with any wide receiver that played more than 10 games he was close to the wide receiver 30 in fantasy points per game people have to realize how much of a cheat code playing 16 games is for the ending result of fantasy football so people are like, oh, well, he seemed bad, but he ended as the running back 20. I'm like, yeah, he played 16 games. Remember what they did yeah, for you last year. Yeah, he had like 60 fantasy points in one game. Yeah, remember what they did for you last year. And Tyler Boyd was pretty decent. I'll give him that. Like, he was very consistent. I'm just scared now. They add in T. Higgins. They add in A.J. Green if he can stay healthy. I, I think Tyler Boyd can be okay. But I'm going to stay away and... I don't really know where to put him here again. Like, <laughs> he, I don't no, want to say. Don't put him anywhere. Don't put him on my roster. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't really deserve it. <laughs> Are you even thinking about T. Higgins late no, in drafts? No, I think that, like, I, I think that the rookies we will see step into a role are the guys that need to step into a role this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think T. Higgins really, if A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd are on the field, they're not going to force feed targets yep. to. T. Higgins. I agree. I really, really love T. Higgins, and I think he's A.J. Green's replacement. But when, if you're going to point out that rookies succeeded last year, right, the wide receivers, they were all wide receivers that the team needed. A.J. Brown, all they had was Corey Davis. And then when you look at Terry McLaurin, he was the only wide receiver there that was worth really anything besides Steven Sims, I know. And then DK Metcalf, yes, they had Tyler Lockett, but basically nobody else in that wide receiver group worth mes- mentioning. So and they didn't have a tight end. Like, they, they really yeah. just didn't have other options. Like, they, it, where else are you going to throw the ball? Yep. And then moving on to the next wide receiver group, let's go to Baltimore. Talking about another rookie from last wide year. Wide receiver group. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> there's only really one that I'm going to consider for redraft, and it's Hollywood Brown. He's another second-year wide receiver. 
Now, his rookie season was kind of plagued with him dealing with recovering from that Liz Frank injury and just being full strength. I think he's officially full strength now. He has added 23 pounds of muscle. Holy crap. Uh, this offseason, and his pictures look pretty impressive. He was a tiny guy. Yeah, and but here's the crazy thing. He finished the season at around 157 pounds. That's pretty crazy. Like, that is so small for a wide receiver. So he's up close to uh, 180 right now, which is much better. very nice. Very, very nice. And he's a shorter wide receiver, so I think that's decent BMI. Yeah, they say, you know, he said he hasn't lost any speed. So what you have to worry about when these guys do put on muscle, like, his game is being the speedster. But mm-hmm. um, it looks like he's been training with, like, GPS tracking devices to make sure and his timing hasn't slowed down as a runner. He has that straightforward speed. He says he hasn't lost it. Been working out with his big cuz, A.B. I mean, that's good in in terms of football, right? In terms of football skill, that's really good. I actually really, really like Hollywood Brown. He is a huge value this season. Nobody's drafting him. Like, I, I just don't feel like we're seeing any hype about him. And, you know, like, when you look back through his game logs for 2019... It's not it's not pretty. He started off the season in his first two games. He had 12 receptions, 233 yards and two touchdowns. The two touchdowns needs to go up. Oh, I guess in the first two games that <laughs> that is a 16 game pace for 16 Incredible touchdowns. Incredible for a Incredible, rookie. Yeah. He like he didn't do much in the season after that. Only had one game where he had eclipsed 50 receiving yards after those first two not fantastic. He but didn't play much. And he, he didn't play a ton. In and out. He didn't really get that time to get consistent work in the NFL. So I'm really excited about him going into this next year. There's really not too many other guys you have to worry about. I know they drafted Devin Duvernay and James Prochet or Proch. How do you say it? Prochet? Proch? I say Prochet. Mm, we might need to look into that. Okay. But I, I, I think they're going to take some time to come along. They Tomato? Tomato. They have Miles Boykin from last year that they drafted. He didn't do too much. They still have Willie Sneed. I think it comes down to Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown in this offense of getting the targets. Hollywood Brand, Brand, Hollywood Brown ran the most routes of any player on the team last year. He was on the field, but like we have to remember that he was not fully healthy. He was always on the injury report. So even though he was he was there. He wasn't really there. And and I feel like all the news we're hearing is super positive that he looks very, very healthy. I'm buying Hollywood Brown everywhere. Same. And his price is just so low. Yeah, he was second in targets on the team last year. And That's he barely crazy. played. crazy. Another guy, Mark Andrews, like barely played too. And he was first in targets. So it's just, you got to get on the field. You got to be great. And Lamar Jackson's going to find you. I have... Uh, Hollywood just below 100 targets. I have him at 98 with 834 yards and eight touchdowns. I think this is pretty much like me being very like stingy. Yeah, stingy. I'm, I'm a little nervous to give him too much. Cheapskate. Yeah, and I think his ceiling is so much higher than that. So when I'm staring him down later in drafts and I'm looking at Hollywood Brown or an AJ Green, I'm going with the upside of Hollywood Brown. Maybe that's stupid, but I'm just going to shoot for the fences at that point. Well, I feel like that's what you're chasing, right? Like, yeah. we've already seen the upside, so go for it. Yep. Uh, moving on 
to the last group, our our Steelers. Saving the best for last. Juju was going in the first round last year, you know, really early second round. He disappointed. He had a lot of injuries. He, you know, he's not a massive separator. So when you have a Mason Rudolph or you have a Duck Hodges at quarterback, they're not going to see Juju open. They're not going to pass the ball because they're going to be scared to throw the interception. That's something Ben Roethlisberger is like, yeah, I I got you. Like, I know you're going to catch it. It's fine. I'm going to throw you the ball. I know where to put it. So Juju's Ben's guy. I trust Juju to come back to where he was in 2018. Maybe not completely. Maybe not 1,400 yards, Juju. But I still think he's going to be very good. Weirdly enough, I haven't been drafting him. It's just, it all comes down to who's there on the board at the same time. I guess maybe I am a little bit scared from what I saw last year, but we do have to remember just that whole offense was so gross. How do you feel about Juju? I I feel like I'm actually warming up to Juju as the offseason goes on. Um, you know, I, I think when I'm looking at Juju, I think all of the the sort of energy has been put into the narrative that Juju can't do anything without Antonio Brown there. But when I'm actually looking at Deontay Johnson and and James Washington, though I'm not all in on them for fantasy football, I think they're both really good wide receivers. So, Mm -hmm. like, if you're setting them up outside of Juju or you're putting Juju in the slot and you've got these two guys on the outside, I love that. I abs- like I think those guys you can't just not cover them because yeah. Deontay's a guy if he gets the ball in his hands and he can get some some separation yards after the catch gone. Yep, Deontay's already one of the best separators in the league, and he was a rookie. He's a fantastic route runner. They're going to have to focus in on him defenses. Washington, they finally used him the right way last year as a deep threat. That's going to get people open. And there was many, many times last year I did see Juju open. And it's just Duck and Mason were sporadic. And they just didn't know how to read and get through their, their reads or come back to Juju. Or, you know, they were just too scared. I to just don't think the they trigger. know how to play football. Yeah, they just didn't know how to play football. So I'm, I don't know what to say about Juju. I'm, I think it depends on where you can get it. Where's the... Where's the earliest you would draft Juju? I would really like him to be my second wide receiver. So ideally, I would love to go running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. So if I can get him in the fourth round, even if that's early first pick in the fourth round, I'd be okay with that. As long as you have a a true number one that you trust a little bit more, maybe. Because I think he's going to get the targets. It's just sort of a matter of efficiency, right? Like you just... You're not sure if you trust that he'll be able to do as much with them. Is that fair? I don't know. He doesn't score. He didn't score a ton of touchdowns. He. Yeah, neither did Duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph. But like, even with Ben, I mean, what what do you have? Like seven touchdowns with Ben in 2018? He's a PPR AB machine. AB did steal all of them. AB had like 15 touchdowns in 2018. What a loser. I, I do. I am worried about Juju's separation ability. I will say that. But if they get Juju back in the slot, we don't have to worry about that. He can get it. Juju was in the slot. Juju was actually playing in the, okay, in the slot. Okay, get him healthy more. in the slot, and Ben's <laughs> going to target him. I'm excited to see what Juju can do again this year. He's still the guy I'd want to own in this group. Deontay Johnson has been getting a lot of hype this year. Love his talent. Uh, I'm worried about his average depth of target being a little bit too low, that he's going to need a lot of targets. And I see him around that 90 to 100 target range. 
And I think with his average depth of target, he's going to need like 120 to be good for fantasy. I don't know how many touchdowns he's going to score. So I'm a little bit off of him, but I really love the talent. If you play in a a league, though, with like return yardage and that emphasizes special teams, I'm all about Deontay Johnson. Last season, they used a lot of of Ryan Switzer, who could not move the ball. It was literally like... Don't even bring up Ryan Switzer. He he was everybody's worst nightmare. But, I mean, you saw Deontay Johnson towards the end of last season with a a kick return touchdown. He looks so good after the catch. I I don't even have the numbers on me, so I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but Ryan Switzer last year, if you look at kick impact returns... negative kick return yards. (laughs) He had like 10 total yards, and he had about like... 10, like 30 more returns than Deontay did, and Deontay had like 30 times more yards than he did. I don't know what the Steelers were doing. Deontay Johnson's a much better returner. Most people don't play in those leagues. I'm still fine with taking the shot on Deontay, Deontay but it has to be a full PPR league because, like I said, that average depth of target is just too low for me. Maybe that had to do with Duck and Mason, and they weren't willing to throw the ball deeper. That could totally go up with Ben. I just, we haven't seen it yet, right? Uh, James Washington, like I said, they finally started using him correctly last year. He was very good in the second half of the year for fantasy. He's a guy you're pretty high on. I really like him. I will be drafting him in the second to last round or last round in every single one of my redrafts. Fine to drop him if I'm wrong because they drafted him so late. But I I think he's definitely the guy in this group that has the best value. Yeah, he's going after Deontay, which is... By like five rounds, like a good amount maybe six rounds and Washington was the better fantasy wide receiver in the second half of last year he was very good he I mean his games were up and down but that's what's going to happen when you're in an offense like that I was very upset with the Steelers year one with Washington because they used him as a short threat or intermediate like at the most that's not James Washington's game he is a deep threat they finally when AB was gone they had room for him to work in he got used as that deep threat, and he flourished. Now, I don't know really what people wanted out of his rookie season when they had A.B. and Juju there. They're both getting 150 targets. James Washington wasn't going to see much work. I think he showed massive improvements from year one to year two. Can't wait to see him with Ben. Ben really likes to have a deep threat, and I think James Washington can be that guy. People are off of James Washington because of our rookie, Chase Claypool. I have him barely getting any work. What do you have with Chase Claypool? So Chase Claypool is a guy that I was so excited to have drafted for like my favorite NFL team. He was like, I literally think I screamed when the Steelers drafted him so fast. He runs a 4-4. He's like essentially built as a tight end. He's 6'4", 238 pounds. And we've really just heard like this interview come out from the Steelers wide receiver coach that Chase Claypool is going to make plays early and often, and he is going to play a lot. Okay. Does that mean anything for you? Because I, Chase Claypool is a guy that, you know, I'm thinking if, you know, even if they don't utilize him as a quote end or quote tight end, he's somebody that has that, that stature, that speed that you could really use him to work the middle of the field. And Literally, you just have to toss it up in the air, and he's probably going to be taller than than these corners. I like Chase Claypool. I just don't know how much he's going to produce his rookie season. Like, he's not draftable for me. I I could see them going four wide, 
and not having a tight end in the game because Claypool could be used in that way if needed. And I guess that's perfect way to roll into the tight ends then for the Steelers since we talked about all the wide receiver groups. Ebron and McDonald do nope. not excite me. I'm not drafting them, not even getting cute. Don't fall for it. We told you last year, don't fall for Vance McDonald. Tight ends with the Steelers are not fantasy options. Stop it. No. And don't Eric, okay, do this. the way we could be wrong is Eric Ebron gets eight touchdowns, and that can happen, right? I mean, I guess Ben could use him. I have been off of Eric Ebron. His touchdown rate was just too high. It always has been. Like, do not be drafting the guy who is so reliant on touchdowns for fantasy production because that is boom or bust. I like you can't rely on that. Even when Eric Ebron was amazing when that touchdown It was year, all touchdowns. But also he had like a couple zero point games. Like that's how much boom or bust he was. He scored like thirty points or he scored zero points. Which I mean he's a tight like tight Great. end. Play stick, him so. in best ball if you want. Yeah. Like. And that's what you're going to need out of Ebron is he's going to have to be Ben's guy in the end zone and I just think he has a lot of other options for that to happen but it could McDonald's not even draftable uh let's move on to the Browns tight end situation not draftable Austin Hooper David and Joker I don't want to say not draftable I think they have value not uh, Austin Hooper's still going I don't know before like double digit the weird part is that you don't like OBJ you don't like OBJ because it's a run-first offense, but you like Austin Hooper and David Njoku? I think they might both hurt each other. Yeah. If but I'm going like, to... Yeah, I don't like either of these guys, but you don't like OBJ because OBJ stands alone. I'm going to keep an eye out on David Njoku on the oh. waivers to see if they're using him. I'm going to keep an eye out because he's going to be traded. He's 100%. He requested a trade. He rescinded he his request. Yeah. But... That doesn't mean they're not going to trade him. I don't think they trade him. Okay. But I do think a big part about us saying no to Austin Hooper, I just think Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons love using their tight ends. They put him in the right spots in the zone. We don't know if they're going to get him in those perfect spots again. He was one of the worst tight ends of man to man. He couldn't beat man versus man. They just knew how to use him in the zone, uh, how to beat the zone. So I'm a little bit nervous about Austin Hooper moving teams. What about all those Cincy tight ends, those elite oh, guys? Um, does anybody here know, get, right, show of hands, anybody know the, the Cincy tight ends? No? No? <laughs> I, I mean, CJ Uzama and Drew Sample. Yeah. Awesome. Ooh, yep. Yeah, I'm taking can, Drew Sample 101. I think we can say they're both uh, undraftable. That is fair. And how about Mark Andrews? What, uh, do you, what do you think of Mark? I love Mark Andrews. I put him in... He's going pretty high, but I would put him in the league winner bucket. Yep. I have him as my tight end three. Now, he, I have him behind Kelsey and George Kittle, but he's going a round or two after Kelsey and George Kittle. So instead of wasting your second round, he's not Kittle wasting, light. but instead of using your second round pick on a Kelsey and not taking a top tier running back or wide receiver, I can wait a couple rounds and take a Mark Andrews. I'm still using a pretty premium draft pick in the fourth round, but it's not that it's not my running back one or two or my wide receiver one or two yeah and i like i think that people are very uh very scared about mark andrews because when you look at what he was able to accomplish in 2019 he did it without running a ton of routes but as something that i just tweeted out today he was actually targeted on the highest percentage of his routes 
behind him were George Kittle, elite. Yeah. So every time that dude is running a route, he is like, target, target, target. And behind him, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> but Mark Andrews leads that pack, and I only think... If he enters this season healthy, I mean, he was on the injury report every year, or every not every week, every week he was on the injury report. I mean, foot, I, back, like literally I, everything. Yeah, I had him in many leagues, and it was always like, okay, is he going to randomly sit out this week because he's on the injury report? He, he didn't get much practice either. Like, think about the fact that like they they did this with such limited time to work with him just overall I think they just did a good job of resting him so that they could yep he didn't practice very much and he just didn't have that many games where he played over 50 percent of snaps and that's what he did last year not playing 50 percent of snaps they traded off Hayden Hurst who maybe you didn't see that production from Hurst but he was on the field just as 40 targets yeah he was on the field though just as much as Mark Andrews was. Like, I'm pretty sure they had the same amount of offensive snaps. So I do think Mark Andrews' snaps can go way up. There's so much potential there for him. And if I'm going to name a a tight end that can possibly be the tight end one this year that's not named George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, it would be Mark Andrews. Tyler Higbee. No. It'd be Mark Andrews. I do like Tyler Higby, but not that much. Oh, I love Tyler Higby. All right. That was a long one. I mean, we got very excited about this division. We are always you know, doing our research on this particular division the most because we're heavily involved. Gotta scope out the competition. Yeah, so that was fun. I had a lot of fun. Anything else you want to add in? No, I had a great time uh, talking about the NFC North. The (laughs) NFC North. You're kidding, right? Yes, I'm okay. <laughs> yes, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I, I had a great time today. Everybody, please uh, give us a follow. You can find me on Twitter, Kate at FFBallBlast. And I'm Michelle at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. E-M. Check out our website, BallBlastFootball.com. Uh, stay tuned. We've got a lot of exciting things coming. Please consider supporting us on Patreon, leaving us a review on iTunes. It means so much to us. Helps other people find the show. Um, and go buy a draft board from FanDraft. Ball Blast 15. 15. Bye, y'all. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm.